that is just mm, that smell. Ooh, that smell. Can you smell that smell? What you smelling, Graham? This uh, wonderful homegrown that I got back at Christmas. Ooh, is that the stuff that from uh, Spencer's girlfriend's parents? Spencer's fiance. I have some oh. exciting news today. You heard it here, folks. Breaking on drunk thoughts and high opinions. Last night, Spencer proposed to his girlfriend of nearly three years, or just over three years. Yeah, what did he propose to her about? Did he uh, go anal? To get or? married. Okay. <laughs> you silly dengas. You, you gotta specify these things. You never know. You just never know. Yeah. He did a very did a very cute thing. Uh, they've been painting their house, so he took one of the walls that they'd been planning to paint and uh, painted Will You Marry Me on that wall um, with the color that they were planning on doing so they can just go right over it. And I thought that was a very cute – I thought that was a very cute uh, way of doing it. I mean, so I like say congratulations. Movie, but you know. It does. It does. But they're dorks, so – they, mm-hmm. I'll let him have it. Exactly. But, That's a, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, you know, if it works, it works. So let's uh, give it up for Spencer and Madison. Madison. Yes. Madison. All right. Hold on. We're going to put this in. Hey. Cheers. I don't hear it, but yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in later in post. Well, that's awesome. Congrats to those kids. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I got to spend send Spencer some more money tomorrow. So I owe him some money for my uh, Christmas gift to my dad. So Yes. I'll yes, put it in the Venmo indeed. message. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on the, the coming nuptials. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very uh, good. Very good. That is very and good. So, but... To confirm, the weed you're smoking is Madison's parents. Parents, yes, that is true. That is, that right, is indeed right. true. And I'm grinding it with a wonderful new grinder that I got, courtesy of my lovely lady, Morgan. Mm. She got it for me as an early Valentine's Day present, since we were not going to be able to be together on Valentine's Day. Aww. She got me a uh, sharp stone grinder, the little turn at the top and then just a normal one just a your basic ass she got you two grinders she got me two grinders i think i found the right lady i think i think i found the right lady you know what can i say yeah 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 anyway that's i mean so much for me asking to be my valentine yeah no sorry Corey. I'll just get you some uh, Hoin Dark Matter. Hoin! Hoin! Oh, I forgot about Hoin. Hoin is delicious. I, I found it recently. Found it uh, in a few of the liquor stores in my town and a few and at a few of the bars that I go to. And uh, you know, it's not my thing. I'm not the I'm not the biggest like dark dark beer fan. But I mean, that one does taste pretty fucking good. Right. Right. Well, you'll be happy to know that I'm taking a leaf out of your book this evening. So my my opening beverage for this evening's uh, festivities uh, is a 
another Moscow Mule, but it is the last one. I just ran out of vodka mm. as I poured it. So very uh, nice. But I have a six pack of a local brew, Fulton <clears throat> Brewing, out of here mm. in the Twin Cities. Uh, I've had their uh, uh, Lonely Blonde Ale, I think it's called, They're just the Blonde Ale. It's not bad. But tonight I decided to go with a beer inspired by my buddy Graham. It's called Sweet Child of Vine, and it is a IPA. Ah, that sounds fucking lovely. And you know what? Wow. I think I, I might have had Fulton before because I recognize the name. I want, yeah, I'm pretty, like, I'm like 99% confident in Minnesota-based brewery, so, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have that after my uh, my first Moscow meal, so, while you're taking that big old hit, welcome, kids, to this week's episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. I am your drunken, dastardly dude. My name is Corey Rokes. And I am your inebriated, high, flying-on-clouds host, Graham. We gotta find like an alliteration. I was kind of proud of my alliteration there. Ah, but yeah, that works. Wendy's, eh? <coughs> Get Wendy's. You know, they're not sponsoring us, but they should. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's, the official food of drunk thoughts and high opinions. <laughs> I when you're drunk or high, the the most thing you want, the biggest thing you want in the world, is a square burger patty. Or, or what I just had, their bacon portobello melt. Oh. Oh. I really hope to never oh see that god. face of yours again. But So fucking good. Oh my god. You know how I feel about um, bacon. You know how I feel about mushrooms. I mean, who doesn't love bacon? And mushrooms, really, like, I agree with crazy you. I people. love a good mushroom. Sadly, mm-hmm. my girlfriend is allergic to them, so I don't see oh. a lot in my future. Oh, that is so tragic. I am sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to Hannah because that is a tragic thing to be allergic to. Like mm-hmm. it, it's much better just to not really like them than to be fully allergic to them because mushrooms give life one of some of their greatest, you know, moments. Either I mean, through food or through drugs. They just give life in general. Haven't you played a Super Mario Brothers game? Yes. One ups. Believing <laughs> that's actually those uh, the, the 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 girl big mushroom is actually based on a real mushroom in Japan. Did you know that? Like it doesn't yes, make you grow big, but it, the design, the red with white spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. they have they have weird mushrooms over there. They do indeed. <laughs> but speaking of Nintendo, we're uh, recording this hot. Hot on the uh, trails of the Nintendo Direct that aired today, it came out, February what, the four 8th. hour four hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> depending on your time zone. Yeah, right. I guess it doesn't. Yes, no, it all came out at the same time. So it was like four hours ago. <laughs> it finished airing. Um, I have to say, this one was a real roller coaster for me. The first half really had me just. Like I was sighing, I was bored, I was looking at my phone, not really like interested or paying attention. The second half of this had me so goddamn excited. It had thing they were announcing things that I had either forgotten that I wanted or things that I never thought I could even hope to get Nintendo to re-release. Take Button Kaidos. One and two remastered, for example, oh, just oh, just one oh. one of the games, just one of the games that they've announced. 
I loved, if you could not, kindly, sir, please refrain from this terrible sound you're making. As I was saying, I loved Baton Kaidos when I was growing up, and now seeing it was not a popular game first and foremost like the not a popular game not a not a not a well-known game outside of japan it was a but, very poorly marketed game i feel like it was a good game for those who knew it but they they did very nothing for the yeah. marketing here in the states because i distinctly remember yeah. that game dropping on the gamecube yeah oh yeah and i'll tell you was, why after you finish your story I, I remember it dropping. I remember my brother getting it. I remember playing the shit out of that game growing up. The shit. Um, and I remember, like, when it came out, it had, like, that – it had, like, a the equivalent of when a story only lasts, like, six hours on social media. You know, when, when something, like, is kind of – pops up for, like, just a few hours and then, and then just immediately gets um, – blindsided by something else that's way more interesting and important. Um, you know, kind of like our episodes? Kind of, kind of like our episodes. Um, <laughs> I think that that's kind of what happened with Baton Kaidos. And, and so now I'm really, really excited that they are getting the re-release that they so rightly deserve. I never got to play two. I only played the I didn't even know game. they had a second one. There was two games. I don't think they were known as one or one and two. I it was like um, Origins and Requiem or something like that. I can't remember exactly what they were, but they they had like kind of distinct names. I think just for this like package, they're like let's just call them one and two for the sake of it. They were released yeah. one and then then two. Um, so that that was just an example of like. A game that I never even hoped Nintendo would. I, I I didn't think I could hope that they would re-release it because it was like, what's the point? They're never going to. It's fucking Nintendo. But then, like I've said before, Nintendo never makes the good decision. It never makes the bad decision. It only makes the weird decision. Well, Nintendo today made a weird decision, and and uh, for me, that's very good. But uh, it doesn't mean necessarily mean it's a good decision. For them. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I, I distinctly remember this game dropping. I remember like, because like back then I subscribed to a uh, now defunct magazine called Electronic Gaming Monthly, which I really enjoyed because mm -hmm. it covered all three of like the consoles at the time. And so you get yeah. all the news versus like PlayStation Magazine, Nintendo Magazine, Xbox Official. I don't know. And I remember like them announcing this game on the gamecube and i was like oh this looks so dope it looks like final fantasy on the gamecube i'm so excited for this and then to my disappointment and i know you're gonna disagree with me here is to just preemptively shut the fuck up i do not like card-based battles no nope. and that okay. is what this game and i preemptively told you to shut the fuck up i i was gonna that, agree that, with you that, i was I gonna care. agree with you i don't generally like card games and honestly, until you brought it up a few years ago when we first mentioned it to each other, I had I had no idea that it was a card based game. I was just playing it like Final Fantasy. God damn you! Um, so you were so young. I was so fucking young. Uh, so that, that's why I'm really excited for this game to come back because I remember really enjoying the story and the characters. Like, like all the characters were super interesting and and like well thought out. And I. Um, and I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the world. <clears throat> kind of reminded me of like when I played Lost Odyssey. Um, I remember thinking like a lot of Button Kaidos was like 
in there a lot of its blood or dna it's japanese storytelling it's all there well it, it, Lost fair Odyssey was American, that's but, fair yeah. no but like those two games specifically it was kind of like final fantasy the the core 10 final fantasy games had come and gone and um this and then like lost odyssey comes a few years later blue dragon uh this game uh these this series i think they were all kind of like let's hold on to that era of final fantasy especially like final fantasy 9 and 10 like let's let's hold on to that era um because square enix is kind of uh fucking the dog on this one um well they came out with 11 which was just not a strong successor to 10. So anyway, no. we're not here to talk about Square Enix's pitfalls. No, we're not here. To, no, no, no. Uh, no. Ben Kaito's, just, just a thing. I, it looks great. I'm ex- I, I, objectively, I think it's a great idea because, yeah, it was an overlooked GameCube game that I'm sure was very good. I personally just do not like card-based battle systems. And so it Fair. just felt – I remember renting it from Fan Video, popping it in for like 10 minutes and being so sorely disappointed. So – Anyway, uh, that's just, I mean, I 100% agree with you that this was a roller coaster with a direct. Just for the sole fact that we got so many, like, random announcements. Like, it was just a shotgun of games from Nintendo. It was like, usually they come out with these direct and they're like, oh, we're going to focus on this one thing and then a little sprinkle of other stuff. But this was like, check out this plethora of fucking games you're getting in the first six months of 2023. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Now, the only thing I did not like about it is it's a it, – well, I don't say I didn't like it. But the only thing I noticed was it was a strong 50-50 mix of old and new. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. You know, in today's day and age, we're like reboots and remakes and remasters and stuff. It's like that's – like you're, you're getting – they're hanging in their hat on a lot of stuff that it's like – kind of low-hanging fruit it's like oh this is a game that's already done we don't have to think about it we just got to port it on the switch and people will pay us goobles of money for it you know well my problem we I, and we've talked about Whoa, this before that's is a that can nintendo, of worms, buddy that's a big old we've talked about this before is that nintendo is not doing this more um i they they should not even be making that big of a, a fanfare about this. They have such a plethora of old games, which they make a very big deal about, like, they don't want you stealing them. And then do not make any efforts to accessible. make them accessible to the public. At, at yeah, we've, we've, talk, we've talked about this. I was just going to allude back to it very quickly. I did – I think the moment that the direct turned from good to great for me – was when they announced the uh, Game Boy uh, Color. Actually, the Game Boy Advance. The um, I thought I thought it was like, wow, the Game Boy um, Color uh, and original Game Boy is coming out. That's amazing. I really wish it was the Advance though. And then I was like live <laughs> live tweeting, texting my brother. Um, I was just uh, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> just like in in the moment losing my shit. I was like, oh my god, it's the Game Boy. I wish it was the Advance. And then literally within seconds, it was oh my god, the Game Boy Advance has been announced um, <laughs> behind a paywall. Behind a paywall, obviously the one that I'm already paying, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the when they showed that it was Fire Emblem 7 and Golden Sun coming later, that made me yeah. just a little disappointed that they couldn't just put it out. Um, that those two, those two should have been like Hallmark releases right from the beginning. So I don't yeah. really understand the logic on that, but um, 
they went with kind of a little too basic bitch they on went their releases. First this party time. Nintendo. Yeah. Like it's a lot of first party Nintendo games as well as a couple of uh more random ones that I was like, Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot, like who the hell is clamoring to play this game? It was like a game where you're you're like controlling a line through a maze. And I oh, just uh, uh, literally could have could have could have um yeah i yeah. seriously out loud in my empty apartment went who the fuck wants to play that um i've heard it's a really fucking fun game i've heard it's really fun it's an amazing puzzle game and like rhythm game yeah so um, it's a puzzle i don't know um i i've heard that name thrown around a lot uh, in the past is like fantastic game so i'll try it out at least and see what it's all about oh you're part of the um, problem i you're the reason we don't get fire emblem and got uh, golden sun at launch because you will play the bullshit games that they pump out first and make i it. did try i did having beaten link's awakening uh remake i did go back and try out uh link's awakening the original on the game boy color uh online and uh it's exactly the same game. I loved that. I knew exactly where to go and what to do. Docker. Uh, yeah. And so I loved that. I, I actually, sometimes you just don't know until you get to put your hands on something. You don't really get to know um, the feel of it. You know, watch You can watch a million uh, uh, playthroughs of stuff, but you, until you actually like sit down and play it yourself, you won't feel it. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was nice. Um, played just a moment of minish cap because i've never played that zelda game that one's a, f- um, a, a, a that's a secret fun one i wouldn't say it's a great game boy advance game but it is a fun zelda game like just nice. like the whole shrinking and growing and how they kind of use that uh to their advantage i beat that when it first came out on game boy advance and i remember thinking like this is kind of fun like it was, I mean, I beat it, so obviously I had a great time. But just the the whole shtick is like, you know, Zelda games. A lot of Zelda games are predicated on a whole exploring the same world from two different viewpoints. You got the light and the dark world in Link to the Past. You have young Link and old adult Link in Ocarina of Time. You got Twilight Princess and you know Wolf Link and uh, regular Link when it's covered in twilight. You know, you're like a lot of Zelda games are predicated on that before and after or A and B of the same world. And I dug what they did in Minish Cap. I thought it was really creative until the ending. And then the ending kind of goes off the rails a little bit. The last dungeon yeah. is like, OK. Uh, and then Vati was not exactly a compelling villain, not as compelling as, say, Ganon or even mm-hmm. like Xant. It's a shorter or, uh, game, right? Skull Kid. Yeah, it's a Game Boy Advance game. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's. It's a full Zelda game. I mean, you get all the dungeons out of it um, mm-hmm. that you could want. So it's a, it's a, but I just remember it was just a fun game. So I hope you enjoy yeah. it. Play it more. Definitely. Um, the one, obviously, just because this is what I've been asking for since the Switch launched, Fire Emblem 7 is finally coming to uh, Game Boy. Hurrah! To Switch. Finally. Fuck. For, for fucking sake. Um, I will play the shit out of that because... 
as I've talked about before, that is the game where I learned to read. So I basically know the script backwards and forwards, and it's always nice to go back and kind of refresh my memory on it, get to uh, reclaim myself with the characters. And now that I have a deeper understanding of game mechanics and what the game was asking of me in terms of like relationships and stuff, I will know exactly like what characters I want to end up with each other at the end while just focusing on combat. That's the fun part is that it was just a tiny little thing. Like if you want to, you, you can, if you, if you don't, it's not a big uh, deal, but you do get very basic bitch endings for the characters if you don't. So now that it'll be on my switch, uh, I'll fucking play the shit out of that. What do you think? Uh Oh, of Metroid Prime remastered the Metroid Prime. I'm stoked. Um, it's out right now. It is, and I think they discounted it to like forty dollars, so it's not even a, the yeah. price of a full game. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I do, but I don't understand why it's not all three games because I do not believe that game is now worth forty dollars. You know, you know what I think they're doing. They released it just the moment they announced it. They hadn't announced it. It's just yep. been like so. That what they're going to do is in nine months, maybe six, nine months, maybe a year, they're going to announce the second one, and it's going to drop that day. Yeah, and then the same. And it's going to and then, and then it's going to lead it to like four, probably Christmas of twenty twenty four is my guess. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. I think that's what they're trying to lead us to. They're trying to lead us to four, which was announced back in like 2017, and we haven't heard shit all from that since then, since the announcement. So I think they're trying to get everybody psyched up for Metroid Prime Four, and that's fantastic. I've beaten all three Prime games. They are wonderful first-person shooter explore Metroidvania games. I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't played them. But the the remastered, personally, doesn't. If you've beaten it, it's not worth forty dollars. Mm. If you've already played through it, it's not worth forty dollars. If you haven't played it, yeah, yeah, maybe you could spend a couple bucks. But it looks, I mean, it looks better. Don't get me wrong, but it looked fucking fantastic even on the GameCube. And then I played mm-hmm. it on the Wii U uh, or the Wii when it did there. There was a triple pack, uh, you know, upscaling, and that looked great. So even watching it like. Looking at it now, I don't like they're not adding anything new. There's no special to it. There's nothing additional. There's nothing really enticing people to go back to that world besides like I could play through that again. Right. And if you want to pay $40 to do that, power to you, brother. <laughs> but for me, I played through it once and I, I've i been it twice, actually, technically. I beat it once on the GameCube and then I beat it on Wii U. And yeah, there's just not much there like anymore. Like I have no desire to return to Talon Four because like mm-hmm. I've seen it all and done it all. I've only ever uh, played. I had it growing up. Uh, my brother owned it. Uh, it was around. I would try it periodically. I only ever beat the prologue, the second chat or like the first chapter. Uh, You're on the space you station. To, like, the, is it the space station or the um, rain planet? So the prologue is the space station, and then you yes. land on Talent Four. Right, and it starts kind of lush, and then it turns into like an arid desert area. And your first thing is finding the morph ball. 
Yeah, so the once I, I never made it past like the first part of the planet. I never got to the desert. The lush part, uh, I just remember as being dark and rainy. Um, it's like right when you land. Yeah, so mm. <clears throat> I never – I was a little kid. I fucking – no, it I came out doing. in like oh three. You were six, and also no, I was it came out very, like and also oh. I was just very bad with uh, first person shooters that did not allow you to use the other stick. Um, well, that wasn't even at the time. That wasn't. I mean, like I think the only shooters that really did that in, in the moment was like Halo on the Xbox. I never was good at, at like period at any first person say, like, shooters. It, yeah, it was until yeah. they started adding that. Until they started adding that, I never, I never got good at them. And um, so, the fact that I'll be able to just use the other stick to use the camera—that'll be an absolute game changer. I'll be able to fully play the game. I think. Uh, I recommend if you do buy it. I recommend. I don't know how it's going to play on the the Switch, but I remember because I played them all on the Wii. And that meant the motion controls. So you had right. movement in one hand and then you aimed with the other. That worked surprisingly well because that's how the third game was. They did the third game all in right. that style. And then when they came out with the remaster of all three, they put the first two in that control style, too. And I'm like, this actually kind of works. Interesting. Really good. I will try that. If if I get it, I think I'm going to wait just a little while. I have quite a few games on my slate. And, sure. uh, oh my good lord. <laughs> I, I did appreciate that. That, like, that was nice to hear that they incorporated three different, at least to my knowledge, three different control styles the original GameCube style, the Wii style, and then the new updated dual control stick strength yeah. and look style, which I was like, oh, that's smart. Like, that is cool. Again, everybody has for- played the game from a different version and wants to play that way again or just shooters in general and so yeah anybody who like you who hasn't played it power to you brother if it was 40 dollars for all three that's that would probably be worth it for sure do 40 dollars for all for the for each of the three and then exactly 80 dollars for the fourth game probably they're gonna be like by the time it drops probably yeah 80 dollars i remember when games were 50 bucks Exactly. We're fuck, we're getting old. This is wee shit, mammal. I'm I'm getting old, man. Look at this fucking look at this shit. You're getting so old you haven't done laundry. You've worn the same sweatshirt three times in a row on this show. <laughs> I like this sweatshirt. Yeah, it looks good on you. And I just hope it's clean. I wear it a lot. It is clean. Good. I wash it a lot. Good. What do you think Good. of me, you piece of shit? Uh, let's move along. There was a big hubbub about Splatoon 3. Have you ever gotten to the Splatoon games? Because I have never. I've never really gotten into Splatoon. See, that was well, part of the... you got in New was, York, Queens for me? Because I won't. I won't. Uh, that, that's <laughs> the thing about, like, the first half of this... Of this... Um, direct, direct was just... I was not driving with the first half. It was like, oh, that's that's cool for whoever likes that. You know, that was kind of my my reaction. Is like, for whoever cares, that's nice. And then in the second half, <laughs> I suddenly cared. <laughs> it was you like, don't care about Pikmin Four? No, I don't give a shit about Pikmin Four. 
Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I never got into the Pikmin games either, and nor did I ever get into Splatoon. I, you know, it's fun. It looks like a fun little shooter, like something my nieces might play when like three or four years when they're a little older. But for me, I'm like, eh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Dead Cells going to Castlevania? I thought oh that my god, dope. my god! Okay, that was something that I was very excited about. Yeah, um, did that perk you up? That did. I think that was kind of the first thing that really shouted at me. Uh, first of yeah, all, this say? means that they have to have uh, worked. They have to have a working relationship with Konami, or they're violating copyright. Um, so Konami has to be involved, which. I wonder if the original Castlevania team is kind of a little bit pissed off about that. I don't know. But uh, I am very excited to see what they do with this because if they make this like a full Castlevania game without you going like level to level or if they just have you like trying to follow a certain like trajectory going level to level as the game already has been, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm really excited. I think that this is going to be like super well done everything that team does is fantastic i this is it's not a live service because they don't just keep giving you content for free but it is kind of i think the best version of what like a live service could be is because they found this really great concept that they love making games for and they didn't intend to originally keep making content for it but they found that they could just keep creating new levels and new like lore and and new like crossovers and stuff and sell it for really low prices and i was like this is a really cool thing and i love that this game has become so massive and even since i played um the game has probably grown about 10 or 20 times in scale just from the dlcs that they've put out and it's simply incredible (laughs) You're saying like the cost of the the add-ons kind of equal the value that you don't feel like you're spending money on nothing. You're spending like you spend like five dollars per DLC, and the DLC adds so much content for a game yeah, that you I'm paid saying. like fifteen dollars for. The... Yeah. Right, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I want to play that game. I just it's still I think like twenty dollars on the eShop, and I'm just like, eh, yeah, I can spend my money yeah. on bigger and better things. Uh, yeah absolutely Um, it's a game it's a game that if you're if if it's really good for like you don't have a lot of time on your hands so you're like i'm just gonna pick up the switch kill like 20 30 minutes you know kind of like every other switch game pretty much yeah i was gonna say (laughs) a lot of games do that that's fair um Hmm. Let's see. We talked. Uh, let's see what else we got on this. Uh, we got Cereza and the Last Demon, which is a Bayonetta prequel. Now you bought Bayonetta a couple weeks ago, and uh, we haven't much followed have, up on that. I have not uh, played it yet. This is this is what I'm talking about. Is I have so many games on my list. What the fuck you been doing? I got. I I've been playing games with my girlfriend. You know how it be. No, I don't. Tell me. Oh, you right. You don't play video games with your girlfriend. Well, see, there's this magical world where uh, uh, your girlfriend likes to play games like Minecraft and Overwatch 2. And uh, let's be honest. Nobody likes playing Minecraft. They just tolerate well, it. We all enjoy playing it. Then you're full of shit. 
Well, that's no, neither here nor there. Uh, what <sighs> other games? Bayonetta is not the most interesting thing to me. I got it because my brother very, very much recommended it to me. When I do eventually play it, we will talk about it on here. Um, one thing that I w- would like to talk about, um, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Boot Camp has been in release limbo f- since last year when they decided to delay it in um, light of the war in Ukraine. That this is kind of Nintendo has a very weird thing about sensitivity. Like they are so sensitive about the the weirdest things, like things you wouldn't expect to be a thing. Like the Queen died, and so they decided not to air the Tears of the Kingdom uh trailer the full Tears of the Kingdom trailer that announced the name Tears of the Kingdom. They did not decide they decided not to air it in Britain, even though it was released on YouTube everywhere else, just because they felt like it would be insensitive on the day of or or around the time of, of the Queen's death. That's a weird thing to be oversensitive about. And again here <laughs> they uh, Tears of the States. This, they've decided, oh, let's, because the war, there's a war in Ukraine, let's delay the release of um, uh, uh, Advanced Wars. And it's like, that's kind of a weird decision. And now that the war has gone on for a full year, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I think it makes sense. I could, I can see the rationale there. I mean, you got a whole nation in mourning about the death of the queen. And so like you literally have a game called tears of the kingdom, like a little, I could see the connection. I agree with you. It's a little superfluous, but I could see the connection. And then you got a game that's literally all about warfare, tanks and helicopters and shit, dropping bombs, fighting armies and a war that like breaks out, you know, little Ukraine against the giant motherland, Russia. I, I can see it. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can understand this. I think it's, I understand that. They're just using a little bit of tact. The fact like, is, the fact is when, when they announced that they were delaying these games for these reasons or, or, or delayed the game for that reason. And then d- decided not to air the trailer for that reason. It was. Nobody reacted like, Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. It was just like, you're going to put it out eventually. It's war is an insensitive topic anyway. It's a, but it's, you're just putting out a, a like a, a cartoon game. Like nobody had a, it's one of those like, reactions. Damned, damned, like, damned if you don't, yeah. if they had released that know. shit, they would have gotten a lot of, I, they could have, they could, they foresaw a lot of negative promotion versus like whiskey, tango, foxtrot versus negative uh, reaction. Is is kind of like it's oh, having a what the fuck reaction versus a bad reaction is maybe preferred in the eyes of public relations. I'm not in PR, so who knows? But I can I can understand it. Uh, I'm not excited for Advanced Wars at all. I remember when that game dropped on Game Boy Advance. My brother loved it. I it does nothing for me. If anything, it's like 
again, I'm not seeing what really the benefit of this remaster is, especially on the same directory you announced Game Boy Advance games. Like, it's it's Fire Emblem with tanks and um, airplanes. It's a tactics game. Yeah, it's exactly that. So, what does this remaster give you? Um. I don't know. Better graphics. I don't know why it's so uh, expensive. Uh, I guess it is two games, and they probably put a lot of work into the remaster, but I don't know. Um, I'm all for remasters, but you need to give me something more than just updated graphics at this day and age to call it like a remaster and like – right. And make me want to pay money for it. Like Demon Souls. When they came out with the Demon Souls remaster, I refused to pay the $40 for it because I was like, I don't see the point. If it's just updated graphics. Now, Final Fantasy VII Remake gave us a whole fucking new experience, and that was well worth the 60 bucks. But, you know, it was beyond just graphics. You got dialogue. You got additional story. You got a, a, a totally new story. Well worth it. But it's just like, yeah. hey, I'm going to polish this turd and charge you $40 for it. No. That's I'm not sorry. that's not a, a, a bad point. No. Uh I in back in the day, I don't know. It probably Nintendo was worth always it. charges overcharges for stuff. Oh, That's they do. The They're the worst. Nintendo. Everybody overcharges, but Nintendo is kind of the worst culprit, in my opinion. I would agree. They are so money grubbing. They've they're still charging full price for games like Mario Kart, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. Like these games that are four or five years old, they're still charging full price for them, and like games that would never be a lot like logically any other be full price. Discounted. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's kind of ridiculous. To be fair, uh, even uh, to from software, to be fair, even from software, I did that. Dark Souls three was like holy shit, fucking 60 bucks until like 2020. And then they were like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I paid no more than $20 for each Dark Souls game. Thank you very I, much. I know, I know you did. Uh-huh. Life is good. Uh, let's see. What else did we get there? We got some Katamari Damacy. Who gives a fuck? Uh, we talked about Pikmin. Who gives a fuck? Not this guy. Samba de Amigo, de Amigo. You want to play some Samba and like Maracas game with your Switch? I mean, that could be interesting. Octopath yeah. Traveler 2. Ooh, um, there's one to talk about. The My biggest problem with Octopath, Octopath Traveler 1 was that the uh, characters did not interact with one another and were not really part of each other's stories as much like sometimes basically the interactions they got were like these little asides that you'd get where it's like it would notify you that there's a a, a conversation to be had and you'd click on it and it would just be two characters that pop up sometimes three or four um but never all of them and they would just like talk about a little thing that's been happening and that was it and they they none of the other characters would ever interact and be involved in anybody else's story and apparently they've changed that apparently they've completely revamped this this one and the the stories are all going to be interconnected and um and characters will will interact with one another during each other's stories and help out and be you know essential kind of play to play a role in every story and you'll even have like slightly different things going on if you 
uh, if you do stories um, without a character in your party just yet. Yeah. You know, little things like that, just like slight small details, but it will all just make up into like a like one good perfect experience for you and it feels like it's you know the game the game that you experienced your way it's unique and so i'm really excited about this um i don't know if i'm going to pick it up right at release because it's coming out so soon because as i said lots of games on my roster not a lot of time on my hands got a lot of school that i'm procrastinating so (laughs) basically this game is probably going to be a summer game for me uh, so we're going to get back to that when we uh, get back to it. Like it's seating for future episodes. Good man. Uh, let's see. Fashion, fashion dreamer. Fuck that fashion game. Dreamer. Yeah. Do you see the fashion influencer simulator? Fuck that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. That so game that just did not interest me at all. You know what did interest me and what excited me very, very much and what I'm going to download onto my Switch as soon as I get off of here is the Sea of Stars demo that they have put out. Uh, the makers of Sea of Stars are the same people uh, from Quebec who made um, The Messenger, which I think is one of the two best um, Metroidvanias out right now, which is, the other being Hollow Knight. Um, the third being Dead Cells. But Hollow Knight and The Messenger are simply fantastic. Sea of Stars is going to take place in the same universe as The Messenger. Um, and it's going to be more of like a Chrono Trigger type combat style. I'm very, very excited about this game. I've I've been hearing about this game since 2019. Um, my brother is actually, uh, he invested in it. Back sea of Stars in, as well? Uh, he invested in, in Sea of Stars back when it was on... Uh, Kickstarter, and uh, he invested enough that they have made a statue in the game of whatever Spencer wanted, and so he has chosen to memorialize our dog, Barkley, as a statue in um, <laughs> in Sea of Stars. So, look forward to that. We are, my our family is a part of Sea of Stars. I, you, you better capture that on your capture card and we will throw a b-roll up for the viewers of drunk thoughts and high opinions hell yes hell i want yes, to see barkley will. in a game uh <laughs> let's see disney illusion island this looks like a great game for my nieces who are six years old um fantasy life the girl who steals time this didn't perk my interest too high as like a game i'd like to play mm-hmm. but it did pique my interest in the gameplay itself like just like ooh. That's a unique idea. It was kind you know, of very interesting. Yeah. Where it's kind of like almost it kind of felt like a Sim City type game, but you can travel between or sorry, not Sim City, Harvest Moon, but you can travel like a thousand years in the past and the, and then return to the present. So like if you plant a tree in the past, it's going to be a huge luscious tree in the present or something. That was the impression I got on that one. I thought that was a mm-hmm. pretty unique idea. Mhm. Definitely. Harvest Moon with time travel. Yes. Um, Thought, opinions anything you want to add no not really on that one I uh... we got more courses coming to Mario Mario Kart 8 we do and for the first time they are adding a new character which I thought was very interesting Birdo. they're bringing back Birdo which um, I don't think has been a character since Double Dash as they mentioned 
As you know, Double Dash is probably the Mario Kart that I've played the most of. Mario Kart 64 is uh, the one I'm probably best at. Um, but uh, I love... still kick your ass in any race. Fair, that's fair. That's fair. I am... I played them both. I'm not very competitive. But... <laughs> um, I will take you out with a blue spiny shell. The maps that they showed in the... Blue spiny so far up your ass. All right. Then. And then he'll slip on a banana peel. Oh, my. Any whistle, I was going to say that uh, the maps that they showed in the uh, uh, demo today looked very interesting, and I'm excited to see those. The I've already played through most of the um, uh, DLC maps, the or the booster pack maps that they've released, booster. and uh, they're honestly really good. It, the fact that they're releasing the same amount of courses that are were in the base game is a really big bonus to me. I think that that is worth the fact that the game is, you know, now we're basically a hundred dollars, but it's a massive game. Now it's a fucking massive game. Once they have finished putting out the, uh, once the, yeah, once they finish putting out all the tracks, the these bonus tracks, they're gonna be fucking. This could be such a big game. <laughs> I am right? shocked at the amount of maps when you actually like break it down. I think there's a hundred tracks now. <laughs> I mean, they're doing the same thing they did with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. They're just everything on this one. Right. Everything. Right. Right. Everything on the Switch. Just everything. Everything. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering. What are you wondering? If they announce a new console soon, probably in like within the next year, I say Maybe. within this year they're going to announce something. Um, I wonder if because usually with every new final or um Legend of Zelda game, they release it at the end of a one console. And then it bleeds into the next. They do that quite often. We've talked about this before. So I think that Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out. And then a month is going to pass. And they're going to announce a new console. Mm, I'm going to disagree and, with you there, my friend. Because and uh, they would not jeopardize... <laughs> They would do if they were going to. I don't think they're going to vote a new console. I disagree with you there. I think Tears of the Kingdom is the Majora's Mask of the Switch, just like the Ocarina of Time and then Majora's Mask on N64. You know, those are the two games we got on the N64. And then, you know, they came out with the GameCube and Wind Waker was not quite a launch title, but it was pretty damn close. Hmm. So I'm thinking it's Majora's Mask. And here's why. Now, you are 100% correct. In the fact that they liked, they do like to release new consoles yeah. with a Zelda game because that will draw sales. They like to coincide those two things. They like to do them by console launch. They we saw it with Twilight Princess, 
where it came out on the GameCube and the Wii. We saw it with Breath of the Wild. The first one, you know, the original, came out on the Wii uh, or Wii U, whatever, as well as the Switch. Now, this, I think if they were going to drop a new console, they would have announced it already because, and I, you know, and this also is going to contradict your point of like dropping a month later, because if they were going to come out with a new console, they would release it at the same time to drive those console sales. They wouldn't right. say, here, go play our new Zelda game. And then a month later, it'd be like, oh, by the way, here's the Switch Deluxe. People would riot because they've already beaten that game. Okay. They would they would drop them at the same time. Now, it could happen still. We still have three months, so there could be another direct. I could see I'm, them. I could see them surprising the world instead of doing like a like a a pre-announcement just doing like a boom new version of the switch like a switch pro or something just drops mm. yeah yeah that could happen i think they're gonna drive those pre-sales like those pre-sales are huge for the retailers like walmart best buy gamestop and worldwide right. like those pre-sales are fucking at like keep half the fucking business alive and and so I doubt that's going to happen. Now, Nintendo is known for pulling those kind of pranks. So you remember, they never right make the good happen. decision. They never make the bad decision. They only make the weird decision. They do. Uh, I will consent to you on that. I will agree on your opinion on that. But my thought is if they were going to release a new console in the first half of 2023, we would have heard a little bit of an, uh, about it. I'm thinking Christmas next year. I think they're skipping E3 this year. They might come back to E3 next year or do a direct during E3. They'll announce it and they'll drop it at Christmas 2024. And I think it's going to be a half measure to the Switch. Because let's be honest, like the Switch is the perfect console. Like it's so fucking amazing. It's just going to be a Switch Deluxe, a Switch Plus, a Switch 2.0. Like I can't see Nintendo... Going back on that. Now, I could see them doing a Switch 2.0 and then a whole other console on I the could. side. You know kind of like can? turn the Switch into the Game Boy. Yes. I can. We've talked about that. I can see that. You know what I can also see is them going back and doing the Wii U right in a way. Like doing a new, uh, doing a new console that is like the Switch and a console combined. But it's something where you can actually take the screen and go away. But then you, like, you dock it at the console and get more power or something. And still that would be a Switch 2.0 though. It would be a Switch 2.0, but it would also be a Wii U 2.0. I can see that for a Switch 2.0, but I'm talking about a whole revolutionary... Just like the Switch was a total departure from the Wii, you know, having a and the Wii being a total departure from the GameCube, I could see them doing something like that. And then the Switch 2.0, basically, Switch becomes the Game Boy side of things, and they stop the 3DS, and then they come out with the the, the full revolution. Which, funnily yeah. enough, that was the code name for the Wii. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can see them. I can definitely see them doing that. So um, I don't know. But let's talk about Series of the Kingdom, though. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about that it. for a hot minute. Well, the trailer, you can drive a car and you can fly an, uh, 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 a drone. So 
I'm happy. <laughs> That's all that was on Graham's wish list, folks. <laughs> this is only beef with Breath of the Wild. He couldn't drive or fly a drone. Yes, this is amazing. These are positive steps. Um, I Hold on, still... you want to try that again? You did positive steps and you pointed downward. Positive. I, no, I was, I was, doing, I was, I was, I was like, like tap, like my tapping my finger, but I didn't want to. Oh, do I know the what you're doing. You're just really funny about positive it. Like these are steps. positive steps going downward. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm like, I'm like directing my point. These are positive steps. You know, like, like you don't get me. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm the only person who gets you, bitch. That's why I do this podcast with you. Meet Morgan, then you'll see. Uh, anyway, bring her on. Okay, fine. We guest host, yes, guest deal. host. Let's do if it. If you bring on Hannah, oh, I will. She's gonna be living <laughs> with me. Uh, so beginning of April, I'll uh, I'll bring on guest host Hannah. Fair enough. So, uh, the only thing that I did not get a hint at is do do they still have um, breakable weapons? Because there was nothing more disappointing in Breath of the Wild than having a cool-ass weapon and not wanting to use it or not being able to use it because you were afraid it was going to break before you could actually have it for a cool fight. You know? You know, like, wanted yep. to save the cool weapons for Even the cool the fights. Even the Master Sword it, had durability. The, yeah, and though it did... Uh, and it took 30 minutes of game time. Game time! To go back to being normal. And it's like, what the fuck is that? That's so yeah. fucking shitty. That's that is that is trolling. The blade of the evil's bane, only usable for a half hour. What we do know is that the Master Sword is broken at the beginning of this game. Uh that's all I'll say. Do the, we know? It, yes, because we've seen it in the trailer when he's he's wielding the Master Sword and the blade is all like melted off at the at close to the tip. But how do we know that's the beginning of the game? Um, well, okay, it's how it's like past the tutorial. Um, how do you know that? That could be the end of the game, Graham. They wouldn't show the end of the game. You don't know. That's a that's a holy shit moment. It draws entry. You don't know. You don't know. I'm willing to put money on it. That's Um, fair. You have money to spare. There, money bags, and the rest of us don't. I'm willing to put it down. I say it's ha- it's closer to the beginning of the game. I think the sword will be uh, reforged. I think that this is it's a false direct uh, or a false like direction. Yeah, they're they're forcing us in a false direction. A MacGuffin, I think a red herring. Yeah, so to speak. Um, I think that the sword is going to get mangled like right at the beginning of the game if it's not already mangled from like something in the interim. And then it's going to get, like, fixed. Or or I can see it, like, you use, like, a phantom blade that conjures out of it. Because if you look at the, if you look at the title, like, the, the artwork for the title, it has yeah, the, sword the sword there, but, it has, like, but it has, like, an outline of the rest of the blade. Like a phantom see, blade. To me, that looks like Link's bionic arm that he somehow acquires. So I think mm, that's like his sword grafts into the blade. I wouldn't be. I, I mean, that thought occurred to my brain, but I think it's just the artwork is a motif play on that. I mm. don't think that's indicative of what happens to the sword. 
Well, I no, agree we, with we've you. seen the we've seen the sword in uh, the trailers before, looking like that, so we yeah. know it happens. And I agree with you that I think it is going to break in the tutorial. I'm just giving you shit, like because you don't know. But yeah. I honestly agree with you that I think it's going to be like one of the first things that happens. They wouldn't that break the sword the at the end of the game. <laughs> Let's be honest. You never know. You never know. Like, or it could be the midpoint, just like in the midpoint of Breath of the Wild, is when you get the sword. Well, it could be the midpoint of this game, and then the the latter half of the game is restoring it. We've seen that in the game. We've seen that in Wind Waker. You acquire the Master Sword, and it's a piece of shit. Right. And so half the game is repowering the Master Sword. So I could that's totally see that point. happening. That's a good point. Yeah. But uh, well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Was like because we've had it in the past. A lot of games are you're restoring the sword, or you're you don't get it until later. You ha- you have to use other things. I can totally see it. I can see it being where maybe they do have weapon durability, and then once you restore the sword, it's way more powerful than before, and it does not break. That would be nice. I can see it doing that, and it's like then it's then it would be worth the incentive of of actually acquiring it. You know, actually putting in the work to get it. I am predicting they're doing away with weapon durability. That was the most common issue that everybody complained with. Like, or yeah. if they don't do away with it, it is going to be vastly increased. Oh yeah, like where weapons things will... don't break after like a half hour. It's going to take like you'll have to actively try to break shit. Kind of like in the first Dark Souls game, where like things do have a durability. Yeah, but the, will... like every time you rest or shit, it restores itself. Like I could see that kind of Breath take of the on Wild. Things. Breath of the Wild. Well, actually, no. Breath of the Wild was um, would be Dark Souls two because just it, everything breaks super quickly, and then hopefully this will be Dark Souls one where it's you rarely notice that the dur- durability is going yeah. down, and it does. It didn't. You'll remember Dark Souls one didn't actually let you uh, restore it when you just rested. You'd have to like actively uh, smith or repair stuff, but. Doesn't matter. Little tiny detail. And it was, yeah. And even then, it was not a big deal. You could find people to do it or do it yourself. And so maybe exactly. just like the cooking mechanic in the first game, they'll make like a blacksmithing mechanic where you can repair your shit. That would be on so nice. Fly. That would be so nice. Like, that, I think you have would a weapon, the issue. Have a weapon that you know will last like a while, like longer yeah. than a few hours or something. You enjoy you know? this weapon, like keep it around if you can. If you have and the if you find other weapons, so. you can still collect other weapons and switch between yeah. them because of like the nature of the enemies. Because some weapons mm-hmm. just work better against certain enemies. You can still throw them and lose them from your inventory, but just make sure the the durability is increased significantly, like significantly. Yeah. What do we think? So there was a voiceover on this trailer, the direct trailer, that I don't think we've heard in the past. Do you think it's Ganon or do you think it's another It sounded like so, it sounded like another antagonist. Sounded like uh Yeah, I thought it was Ganon at first than and Ganon. then it changed. It sounded like some 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 higher power than like Ganon, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know about that. Or, or, or maybe not that. Maybe like a, a henchman that is like, "All right, boys, uh, now we're in charge." Um, you know what I'm gonna guess? I'm I'm throwing a wild theory out here. This is drunk thoughts uh, theory here. Have you played through all of Link to the Past? Um, I have not. No. Okay, so Link to the Past opens. 
and your antagonist is a wizard, uh, a dark wizard named Agahim. And he's the one you first fight after you've, after you've collected the three pennants. A.K.A. you played Ocarina of Time. Yes. The first three. So there's so many parallels. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Three, first three spiritual stones. And then yeah. you go and then the story pivots. Exactly. Link to the Past. It, that's based on what happens in Link to the Past where you go and find the three pennants. And then you go to the uh, Castle of Hyrule after getting the Master Sword to fight Agahim and rescue Zelda. And shit happens and you end up in the Dark World. Agahim turns out to be Ganon in disguise. Mm-hmm. But I could see something similar happening here where it's it's Ganon, but it's not quite Ganon. Because w- Ganon, whenever he um, is defeated, he goes into his like interim state, doesn't he? Like he goes into a different physical, a uh, different form or like spiritual form before returning to the spiritual form. Well, they're all Ganon. reincarnated. Yeah. The whole thing of Skyward Sword, if you've ever beaten that game, it kind of sets up a whole like reincarnation saga. Mm-hmm. I have not, I have not beaten it, but I know what happens at the end of the game. Yeah. Where calamity, the, the, the calamity become basically, uh, or whatever demise curses Link and Zelda saying they're always destined to, do this battle for all eternity in reincarnation form. And so he is Ganon, you have Link and Zelda and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like in that game, just, just if I may, that the main antagonist in most of that game is a little fuckhead named Girahim, who is a pain in the ass through like 90% of the game. That's just a douchebag. And it turns out he is the, have you are you familiar with the twist was gear him and who he is? Um, no, I'm not. All right, maybe I won't spoil it then. But do, no, fuck it, do, go ahead. It's an old <laughs> game. It turns out just like Fee is the spiritual representation of the Master Sword. Uh-huh. Girahim is the spiritual manifestation of like the anti Master Sword. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, that's right. He becomes. Demise's sword in the final battle, which is like a reverse Master Sword, whereas the Master Sword is all sleek and blue and and nice and uh, like a true hero sword. That sword becomes like black and jagged and red and just ugly and fierce. And I really like that idea. So I would not remind it if they brought that back. No, I think they will. No. But I thought that was a really cool idea that you're plagued by the spirit of the anti-master sword as i'm just doubling it for the sake of the conversation that's not canon like that term but girahim or agahim or something like that being the antagonist for a good majority of this game just to return as ganon i think would be good but honestly i'm hoping it's ganondorf is who we heard because Ganon was featured in the breath of the wild game, right? And he was kind of a mindless villain and where you have a game that finally introduces voice acting into a Zelda game, finally gives voice and emotion to Zelda, to Impa, to all these characters. But you, you just have Ganon and Link being mindless drones, you know, one following the player's commands. The other one's just set up to destroy Hyrule. 
I want Ganon to have a personality because when he has a personality, when he's Ganondorf and he has a personality, he is so much more compelling as a villain. Absolutely. And I cite you Wind Waker. Wind Waker's Ganondorf is by far the best iteration of that character because mm-hmm. you almost sympathize with him. You almost understand why he's such a douchebag yeah. instead of just a mindless villain like in the other games. So I'm hoping the voice we hear is him. You know, that's a really good point. His side. That's a really good point. I would love to see Ganondorf again. Um, I hope that with the return of Ganondorf, we get the return of real dungeons, real temples. Um, We've talked about this before, but I would really like to see it. Um, It looks like they were having some real fun with different and new uh, uh, things you could do with like the new like tablet infused into your arm. So I'm excited to see what uh, how those could be used into these like new temples that are in the sky or temples underground. I'm thinking the temples are going to be up high like they rise out of the crust of the earth just like Hyrule Castle does in one of the trailers. And those become the temples mm-hmm. along with a few on the ground that are new because of this geological shift. But I feel like a lot of them be up in the sky as well. And like yeah. going between the sky and the land is going to be just like going between, just like we mentioned earlier, it's going to be the, the two lands. You, you have the light and the dark world, the, the age, young and adult. You're going to have the sky and the, the, the land to jump between. And the dungeon is going to be primarily up there. Yeah. And I think that's going to be super dope. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely, we're definitely going to get a lot of sky temples. I think that in terms of temples appearing on the ground, um, I think there are a, quite a few thing places that could be temples in Breath of the Wild if, they, if they're just like covered up or something. Um, things that are like in the desert mountains or... Um, maybe in the sea uh, above or below where the um, uh, uh, elephant one was standing in the water up above the Zoras. Um, I can see, because, you know, water temples are typically underwater, so I can see it being in that upper Did lake. Say what? I can see it being in that upper lake and then in the water and down. And so it's more like actually at the level, but inside that mountain, I can see a lot of these temples actually being inside mountains and just, we saw in the trailer. Yeah. We saw in the trailer that Hyrule castle lifts up at some point in the story. Yes. I'm willing to bet that is also a very early event Uh that while it happens early, you can, they give you the, the option to traverse that up into the sky and follow it and go straight to the castle just like they did in the first game. Right. But I'm guessing with that, there's a tectonic shift in Hyrule. That rising up to the sky causes the rest of Hyrule to shift and that changes the landscape just enough to reveal temples of old past. Because like, as we, you know, as a lot of this lore is established, this is the same Hyrule from like a lot of the games, but like 10,000 years in the future. Yes. So that... That shift just changes the, the 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 landscape enough to unearth some of these temples, and and give us something to explore. So that's my guess is a lot of that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're just going to get like temples that are up in the air, maybe even based on Skyward Sword, which is the first game canonically in the series. You know, where you know there was a shit ton of things up in the sky. There, they might still up. That's, be up what, there. I that's what I was and thinking. That's what I was thinking. Minish Cap. Minish Cap and Twilight Princess are two games that have also explored temples in the sky. 
Hmm. So Very those could be remnants of that. So yes. I'm, I'm guessing it's a mixture of old and new on that front. But at the same time, I think Nintendo. I think Nintendo was tickled pink by the fact that you can, you know, the small skill the players can go beat Breath of the Wild in like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, by just jumping straight to the castle. So I think they're going to keep that aspect around just for the fun sake. Oh, people like, would be. I think speedrunners would be real upset if they took that aspect out. You know. So. Also, I think. That's my theories. My the signs that that uh, uh, this game is just going to be more Breath of the Wild, whereas all the previous games have kind of like had their own signature to them, is a sign that Nintendo is willing to say, "All right, this is successful. We need to keep doing that." Which is why I think this is the Majora's Mask of the Switch, right? They realized that the formula they had in Ocarina of Time was good. People enjoyed the combat, they enjoyed Link, they enjoyed the world, and they're like, all right, let's give them more of that. And, I mean, I think you, you and I can agree that the trailers for Tears of the Kingdom look pretty macabre compared to Breath of the Wild. You know, Breath of the Wild, the big trailer we got was like Link running through a field, getting traced by a guardian and fighting it off. And it was like very Zelda, very fun and open. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is like, you're going to die, motherfucker. And there's a lot of death and like a Ganon looking redead that screams at you and shit. It's it's Dark Souls 2's trailer. (laughs) All right. I think it's going to be a bit better than that. All right. Like, no, no, no. But let's be optimistic here. I'm just talking about the trailer. I'm not talking about the game. Dark Souls 2's trailer <coughs> was like, and the beginning of the early cutscene of the game is like, you're going to die over and over and over again, and you will wish that it was permanent. It's like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, they, they set the expectations hard on that game. And yeah. I think this game, I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to do the same for Breath, uh, for this. I think it's very much Majora's Mask half yeah. measure and then I think the game following this, the following Zelda game, will be your full-on release with a new system game. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever the next iteration of Zelda will be. But I'm guessing Tears of the Kingdom is the macabre, more down-to-earth, or not down-to-earth, but like the more serious dystopian version of Breath of the Wild. Just like Termina was a dystopian version of... Uh, Hyrule, this mm-hmm. one is going to flip this Hyrule. Tears of the Kingdom will flip Hyrule on its head and make it more Termina-based. And, and you, make is, an uh, interesting, darker. you make an interesting point about them releasing the next game with a new system. Because they're making this with exactly the same engine as Breath of the Wild, just like Majora's Mask, it Majora's means Mask. that they didn't have to work very hard on like creating stuff they just had to like drop and drag and like create a few new things and for the most part like work out finer details yeah which means that another team could have been working on a newer version of a legend of zelda that will come out like in two years with a new system i think two years instead of instead of instead of uh, six years because I was thinking if it was six years my goodness we'd have the switch for like almost um, like 12 years before <laughs> before yeah, it was no. uh, replaced I'm thinking 
optimistically Christmas 2024, realistically Christmas 2025. All right. I think that's a good guess. I think that's a good guess. It will be the next Zelda and the next Nintendo console, Christmas 2025. Yeah, and it will be... It will be a completely like new signature on the series. I think that um, yeah. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are going to be kind of like, uh, yeah, like you said, like Ocarina of Time and and uh, Majora's Mask, just kind of like a pairing that kind of have to be played together in a way um, to fully grasp. And I think that it will be the same here. I remember yeah. when now, the game was finally announced and before they delayed it to May, when they were like, all right, we're releasing it in 2022 or something like that. I was like, cool. And I finished the game in 2021 and then they delayed it to uh, now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn it. Now I kind of want to go back and replay it <laughs> in preparation. But I just it's too big of a game. It's too big. Of I'm a game. replaying it right now. I beat it back when it first dropped on the Wii U. And I remember, you know, I played through it all. I did the four divide beasts and I explored the world heavily and really enjoyed it. I loved that game and I beat it. And I was the only complaint I had about the game was the ending. I thought the ending was very subpar. I did uh, all 120 shrines. I got the original uh, link outfit. That was what I fucking cared about. That's what I cared about. And so I'm playing it right now on my <laughs> switch. I bought it on switch and I'm playing through it and I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm like, oh, this is such a good game. But I don't feel super compelled to play like I did the first game. Like I used to come home and play for like three or four hours before my girlfriend at the time came home and we would cook dinner and hang out. I would play it for hours. Now I'm just like, hey, here and there, I'll pop in an hour or two just for funsies. Cause so yeah. I'm with you. Like it's such a gargantuan game that it just once you do it once, it's hard to go back. And honestly, I feel the same way about Elden Ring. Don't get me wrong, I love playing Elden Ring with you. Yeah, but like, it's a I'm big game. slightly compelled to go back to the game, but at the same time, I'm like, that's a big endeavor <laughs> to yeah. go and try to like. Okay, I'm gonna try this guy's storyline. Like, I heard, like, I never finished a lot of the character storylines. I'm like, I want to finish their storylines because I hate that FOMO. Mm-hmm. But to you know to do so, it's just an endeavor. Well, for me, the first time I played Elden Ring. I really, really took my time, obviously, and went to all the dungeons and played through them, and yeah, yeah, and 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 just basically, I consumed probably ninety five percent of Elden Ring in my first playthrough. I missed a little bit, but we I got about. I, together, yeah, we both got it. about a lot of it. Yeah, we both got a lot of it, and um, now I'm somebody who, when I'm replaying a game. I, I've played it before. I just want to get through it. I, my brain is just like we've you've you've seen this before, and I have to like compel myself to like slow down and 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 look at stuff. So I've benefited from being able to like okay, I know where this weapon is. I know where this armor set is. I want to do this kind of build. Okay, break, <laughs> and then I yeah. like make a character, and in forty five minutes, I've done things that most players have done in like. 15 hours. hours yeah 30 hours of gameplay on there yeah. for I, I things i had done like, at 45 to, or 50 uh, hours in my in my first playthrough and i i was getting it in th- 34 minutes because that's how the game is designed is that you can pretty much go anywhere that you want and get almost anything you want very quickly 
except the stuff that's in the later part of the game, but that's neither here nor there. That's the point of the game. That's what I have loved about the replayability yeah. of it, is that I can just... So I, it I'm satisfies hoping, my itch of making builds. I'm hoping Tears of the Kingdom sort of fixes that, because again, yes. my biggest beef with that game was the end game, where I wandered in to Hyrule Castle unknowingly. Like, I didn't realize if I got too close to it, it became its own dungeon. Right. Just like the uh, Four Divine Beasts. And I just happened to get close by mistake. And then I'm like, oh, I'm in Hyrule Castle. This is cool. Well, I know the Hyrule Shield is here because I heard about it. Let me see if I can find that. And I found it. And I was like, okay, let me see how far I can get. And I ended up beating the game with like... No meals, no prep, no real idea of what I was doing. I had barely any weapons. I had the Master Sword. That was about it. But, like, no other weapons and to help yeah. me out. And I ended up beating the game. I fought Ganon. I'm like, yeah, this is Hard Fight, the first one, you know, where the Divine Beast reduces health by half. Yeah. And then there was the, you know, uh, the Beast Ganon on Hyrule Field where I had to shoot light arrows at him. And I ended up – that was – more or less just like a walking fucking quick time event. Uh-huh. And it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun fight, but it just felt way too easy. Yeah. I, it didn't I feel totally warranted. Agree. It didn't feel like there was any rise of the story. Like, you know, a lot of the Zelda games are known for their story of like, you've collected a lot of medallions. You've collected all the, the pieces you've you've powered up the powers the, the master sword you've done x y and z now it's time to fight ganon go do yeah. it link and this one was just like eh do what you want kick his ass yeah and i just i was pretty disappointed in that fact so i hope tears of the kingdom has a bit more story to it oh definitely i'm hoping that this combines Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask's way of storytelling and kind of gives a much more compelling, like, psychological and actual, like, stuff going on story. (laughs) Because Breath of the Wild was way too much um, like, you make this story your own, and I would love it if it was make the story your own, but here's a lot of ways to (laughs) to make it interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for, you know, I, I love the open world idea of, you know, you do things in the order you want and you explore the world as you want. But I need, I personally need a little bit of constriction. I need a little bit of like, not locks, but go do this. Some direction. How, and ever, whatever you want to do. And then we'll advance the story to the next part. And then, uh, you know, just like um, Horizon zero dawn or uh shadow uh shadow of mordor or um or even dark souls like dark souls one does it really like honestly from a story standpoint it's like okay your first task ring these two bells do whatever the fuck you want yeah in the meantime but your task is to ring these two bells and you ring two bells okay now go to and orlando and talk to gwendolyn you have to do that now you have to, you know, go uh, collect the souls of these four people in any order you want, whatever. But that is your task. 
So I'd love it if they took a cue from that where it's like, all right, you have this stuff and then you have story. Then you have this stuff and then you have story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> I totally agree. I think that would be fantastic. Not sure if that's what they're going to do, but I I, I no, absolutely agree. Who knows? I absolutely that's just my agree. No, totally. Because I, I thought Breath of the, the Breath of the Wild did such a great job in introducing story elements, but it also was just lacking in story elements. Very true. And wouldn't it be fucking fantastic? Wouldn't it be great? Let's end the conversation here. You have two great games, and at the end of it, we hear Link speak. For the first time. That is a great idea. That is a great idea. It's not going to happen. It's a great thought. That's a great thought from the the great drunk. (laughs) It's a a drunk thought. Great thought from a great drunk. I don't know about that, but (laughs) like, just think about it. Like, finally give us what we ever wanted. Like, Link, you've saved Todd Rule. Thank you so much. I love you. And then we hear Link go, I know. know. (laughs) <laughs> and just boom credits <laughs> and that's tears of the kingdom folks boom yep. we have solved the nintendo problem link was han solo all along that's why she hates him <laughs> because leia just like leia hated han solo but she actually loves him link is han link, link is a scruffy nerf herder <laughs> link is han solo and i this is the only thing I will accept. This is the only <laughs> comparison that I will accept. I will take no other. I I insist that this is true. <laughs> I do not disagree with the high opinion and host. He has a point. <laughs> and with that, we will end our episode. Uh, Corey, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> Red tube. Oh, really? Finally doing that oh, anal sorry, porn. Sorry, sorry, you? sorry. You're asking where you can find my shit. My bad. Oh, I thought you were asking where you can find what I'm searching. Oh man, I was, I was, I was hoping to find. I was just hoping to find the most absolutely disgusting anal porn. But that's neither here nor there. Don't tell the folks what we've recorded together, Graham. That's drunk thoughts and high opinions after dark. You got me. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in, folks, for the next episode of Junk Tides and My Opinions, where we we introduce the Red Tube channel of anal. (laughs) Who's doing who? Find out next time. You know you can actually put content on Pornhub that's not porn. No, I didn't know that. I've never researched that, and I have no intention of researching that. (laughs) Thanks for that information. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. I thought right. that was information that you needed to know. It's not, but I appreciate. I decided that that, that was information that you needed to know. That's wonderful, and I appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> I can be found on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, not the TikToks, because I'm a fucking old ass bad douchebag that doesn't do that kind of crap. So fuck you if you are on there. But you can find me on the rest of the social media. Hit me up on MySpace at R-O-K-E-S-Y-B-O-Y. Don't hit me up on MySpace. I don't have a MySpace. (laughs) I'm not that old. I remember the MySpace. I was a part of that generation, but I don't have a MySpace. I'm not that cool. Or maybe I do. I'm not still active. I should check that. Anyway, 
R-O-K-E-S-Y-B-O-Y. <laughs> I am MySpace. giving my high host gray, uh, gray hairs. MySpace <laughs> on this channel. You offend hey man, me, sir. We got to get more than three listeners. Do you have a better idea? <laughs> the remnants of MySpace just... Just like Tom eight, will listen to us, Graham. Just like Tom, eight, Tom is my friend. Eight shriveled people inside their homes that like it's take like outside. Gollum. It's like Gollum of social media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's my precious, my here. space, my precious. <laughs> it's my space, my space, my beautiful space. All right. That's what's going to Tell happen. Tell us about your website before the people stop listening. Uh, my website is – when he's finished speaking. My website is mad-musings.com. Again, mad-musings.com where you can find my short stories, my shorter stories, my poetry, photographs that I've taken uh, to compliment Have you updated scenes. it yet? I have not updated it because I am very fucking busy with everything else I've been doing. Uh, I'm even going to be doing uh, schoolwork as soon as we get off of this. And so... Because uh, I have another edit. What? I have another edit request. For me to edit? Yeah. Okay, I'll edit this week. Your profile picture is super fucking big. Which one? If you, oh, if on you do the, about the author and you go there, your profile picture <laughs> takes up like... Ten eights of the page. Yes. Yes. You're a good looking dude, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but just, just just shrink it down a little. Like let's, I've actually, let's uh, I've actually taken some I've taken some experimental uh self portraits and uh, so I'm going to be adding Whoa. more to my about the author page. Coming soon, whenever I have to That's fine too. I uh, uh, you know how power to you just Father, bring it down a little bit. You know, we really need to find like, a way to just I, to just get the point on when we when we do this part. You know, everybody no, else that does this in podcast they they have found it. They've gotten to an art of just doing it. You know, we've somehow gotten worse at this. I have actively tried to get better, and every single time you take it off the rails. You know that. You're welcome. End this nightmare. End it. End it now. End the suffering. Cue the music. Whoever's editing this week's episode. End it. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. End it, please. End this torment. End this endless torment. If you could uh, do me a favor and just quote some Edgar Allan Poe with the uh, the Raven, that would be fantastic there. (laughs) No? If I did okay. happen to just know the raven off the top of my head, that would have been very cool. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that would be perfect. There's the, the raven knocks. Uh, forevermore, forevermore, forevermore. We are drunk thoughts and high opinions, folks. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I've been Corey Rokes, your drunk thoughts. Uh, I've been your high opinions, Graham Stemievsky. 
please, with a please spend your time voice. doing better things than listening to us. Please, for the love of God, what are you doing here? Why are you still here? Don't listen to this. Get out. You are horrible at marketing, sir. <laughs> Self-deprecation sells. Yeah, so does sex. But you know what? We both still have a shirt on, so... Take it off, take it off. End the recording. I'm not I'm cutting all of this, you know. We've Good already night, signed Fuck off. Fuck you. Good night, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>